Hi, my name's India. This is Be More Orca, Buck the Menopause. Now, I'm not a medic, or an expert, or a celebrity. I'm just going through it myself. I was totally blindsided by my symptoms. I knew nothing about this stage of my life. And then I discovered neither did any of my friends. So I'm on a mission to find out everything I can, explore every avenue to help us manage our symptoms and get our lives back on track. So this is the last episode in this season, and I thought I'd wrap things up as I began back in February by telling you a bit about me and where I am in my menopause journey. Listening back to my first episode, that seems like a totally different woman to who I am now. And it's quite shocking, if I'm honest, that I was in such a dark place. And yes, HRT has continued to transform my life. I I feel like myself again. The one thing I've heard time and again from women while doing this pod is that with hindsight, they realised how diminished they'd become. It seems the perimenopause so silently creeps up on us that none of us notice it crawl onto our shoulders and weighing us down. We all beat ourselves up that we didn't know what was happening to us. But hopefully that's changing and we are starting to be aware of some of the crazy symptoms that could be down to our fluctuating hormones. Doing this podcast has been so personally helpful to me in managing my symptoms. I hope it's helped you too. Thanks to my chat with Eleanor in episode two... I'm now using Lenzetto spray for my oestrogen rather than the patch, and that's working so much better for me. And I recently had to up my dose to three sprays from two, because I started to notice that my skin was getting itchy across my chest. And thanks to so many of my guests talking about their itchy skin, it made me instantly think, ah, I wonder. So I upped my dose, and that got rid of it. I've started testosterone too. Mainly, if I'm honest, as I'd heard such great things about it helping with memory and energy levels and mood, and my brain fog was still pretty bad, even being on the max dose of oestrogen. I've had a bit of a mixed reaction to testosterone. I got it through the NHS, and it wasn't a lie to say that my sex drive was on the floor, which is the only reason the NHS will refer you to a specialist for it. But I'd put that down to struggling to have our second son and me becoming, you know, that cliched, one-track-minded, totally obsessed, cycle-watching, we need to have sex now, no, we can't wait until tomorrow, it has to be now. That in itself pretty much ruined our sex life. And then we were so exhausted when our youngest was tiny and we're older parents, so sex was the last thing on my mind. It just sort of dropped off my radar And testosterone certainly wasn't the light bulb moment that starting oestrogen had been. I have the testosterone sachets, and I found it really hard to control how much came out, or even to work out the size of the blob I was meant to use in the first place. An eighth of a sachet? I mean, how can you judge that? So I think I was using too much to start with. I got an outbreak of spots on my chin, which I know is hormonal because I had those before my HRT. And I was having to keep on top of my tash and my chin hair much more than before. But I wasn't growing a full beard. And it did help with my libido. 
I'm not saying that I was rampantly up for it all the time suddenly, but rather than me always thinking, oh, God, no, I'm too exhausted, I started to think, well, yeah, that might be nice. And the main thing on the sex front was my orgasms. Again, I hadn't really noticed how they diminished. I just put that down to not really being in the mood when we did have sex. But they came back to pre-baby levels. Oh, hello. I'd forgotten this. But despite all of that, which sounds great, doesn't it? I stopped taking my testosterone over the summer. I wasn't really sure it was working for me. I couldn't really feel that much of a difference. But then thanks to the amazing menopause community on Instagram... I saw a post from the wonderful Rachel Edgerton at Not Your Usual Menopause about using an air pump to put the sachets in. And I ordered one from Amazon and it's been a total game changer. It administers a tiny blob, the same every time, and I feel amazing. My energy levels have improved. I feel much more enthusiastic about life. You know, not always, obviously. I'm not a freak. I recently had my follow-up blood tests and that was really interesting. It said my levels were too high and I should cut back to every other day. Now, the British Menopause Society says that normal levels for a woman should be between 0.5 and 2.5, and mine were 3.5. So obviously I have to cut back and will do another blood test in about six months to check how things are progressing. If I'm really honest, I'm slightly upset that I have to cut back because I was really feeling good. But also, if my levels of testosterone are too high, then I need to keep that in check, no matter how brilliant I was feeling. Now, I'm not saying that everyone needs testosterone or should be on it. This is obviously just my personal experience. It doesn't agree with some people. As the lovely Jo Heap in episode 10 said, it made her feel angry and aggressive, and that's no good. My bumpy ride with testosterone continues as I try to work out my dose. This is obviously down to us having to guess how much to take of a product designed for men. Unlike my oestrogen and progesterone, where I can know exactly how much I'm taking, the NHS needs to work on providing a female testosterone so that women can have the choice if they want to add that to their HRT or not. But what I've realised from this past year is that my HRT regime is more about finding my baseline. It isn't a cure-all, but it's allowed me to get back onto an even keel and given me the headspace and energy to tackle the other stuff. And actually, it's the other stuff on top that has made the biggest difference to my life. And I shouldn't really think of it as extra stuff. It really has been the final piece of the puzzle for me in terms of my well-being. So I've upped my movement... I won't use the word exercise, as if you're anything like me, that instantly makes me feel, oh, that's a chore. As the lovely Nikki Faldo pointed out in episode 14, movement encompasses everything, and it's a much less triggering word. I found an 18-minute online workout that's specifically tailored for women, and I do that three times a week. Again, not religiously. I have weeks where I don't, as life or sick children get in the way. I'm only human, but I'm working on doing it more often than not, and it's been such a revelation. The days I do drag myself out of bed, I have to do it first thing before anyone else gets up or I just don't have the time. I feel so much better for it. It sets me up for the day, and I end up making better food choices, and so it's a win-win. And after my chat with the wonderful Karen Newby in episode 22, I've really looked at what and how I eat. That's also having a massively positive effect on my mood and general feeling of well-being. 
Over the summer, I let it all go. I didn't do my workouts. I ate and drank whatever I felt like, which translates to a lot of crap and too much booze. And I started to feel pretty rubbish. It's no wonder uber-healthy people are so annoyingly chirpy and positive. Making the right choices about food does make you feel better. I am married to a feeder, though. He's an amazing cook and loves to create elaborate and butter-laden dishes, which, I'm not going to lie, I love to eat. So I'm coming to terms with the fact that I've never been a size 12 and never will be. But it's about getting myself strong and staying fit so I can be of use to my boys when I'm older. It's not about trying to falsely stay young. It's about making sure I age well. Sadly, at the moment, I'm dealing with my dad, who has vascular dementia and is bedbound and a shadow of his former self. It's brought it home to me how vital it is to stay healthy. My mum, who is still incredibly energetic and active, she's always eaten well and been conscious of her alcohol. She only has one tiny glass of red wine a day, but has it on an empty stomach to feel the full effect. Sadly, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But she's amazing for 82, and I'm determined to live by her mantra, use it or lose it. I'm very aware that I have my boys late, and I want to stay healthy for them, not just myself. I've also cut back on my caffeine. I drink decaf now, which has improved no end, and I really don't notice a difference. I can't drink booze like I used to. The hangovers just aren't worth it. But I do still enjoy a drink at the weekend, but just not the whole bottle at one sitting. Both of these things have massively helped my sleep, and that has a knock-on effect to my energy levels. But the thing I've started that I'm evangelical about is cold water showers. I know, I know, I know, it's not for the faint-hearted, but it's amazing once you take the plunge. Pun intended. A friend of mine told me at the start of the year that he'd started as a way to combat his depression. And a few weeks ago, I was in a particularly dark place. Nothing to do with my hormones, for once. It's easy to lay the blame for all our bad days on our menopause. This was just life. I was in a downward spiral of negative thoughts. I wasn't sleeping well, which was making me irritable and angry. But I just couldn't shake myself out of it. And one morning, everything came to a head. I realised I was just being foul to everyone. And I needed to break out of the cycle. So I thought, sod it. I'm going to try it. At the end of my normal shower, I shoved the tap to cold. It was an instant rush, the likes of which I haven't felt since my partying days. It literally shocked me out of my rut. I felt totally awake and clear-headed. I went straight downstairs and apologised to my husband, who I was ready to kill three minutes earlier. I manage about 20 to 30 seconds at the end of my shower each day. And don't get me wrong, it's got harder as the weather's got colder, and sometimes I don't manage as long, but the effect is still as amazing. Now, I've watched the Wim Hof things on telly and I'm a long way from plunging myself into an ice bath. But if you're feeling like you need a mental jolt to get you out of a rut, try it. Who needs a cup of coffee when you've had a cold shower? And I think it's helping with my hair loss. I'm obviously only basing this on the highly scientific evidence of there being less hair in the bath when I dry my hair after the shower. I've taken to drying my hair over the bath as so much of my hair was falling out, it was easier to scoop up rather than being all over the bathroom floor. Hideous as that is. But there is definitely less in the bath. And I feel it can't be doing my skin any harm either. It certainly feels like it's having a tightening effect. So all in all, 
I'm in a far better place than the woman who was walking the streets in floods of tears. Although I have to admit to having stormed out of the house in tears once or twice since. You know, I always thought, yeah, 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 exercise and diet, that old chestnut. But what good does it really do? But I've realised it's a game changer in menopause. And if you're lucky enough not to be perimenopausal yet, get on it now. Change the way you move and eat and sleep, and it'll have such a profound effect on your symptoms. You could sail through the menopause and think, what was all the fuss about? My menopause is a turbulent ride, and I know it certainly isn't over yet. Sometimes it comes back to slap you in the face, and then life just throws crap at you too. It feels like it's throwing it at a lot of us at the moment. But then I remember how lucky I am to have these first world problems, considering what's going on in the rest of the world. That's probably enough about me. But I also wanted to touch base with some of the women I've spoken to, to find out what this year has brought for them too. My first port of call was my fourth orca, Emma Kennedy, as I needed to know the results of the heart monitor she was wearing during our chat in episode 20. Did she have an underlying heart condition, or was it her hormones? Turns out, her heart is fine. Her palpitations were the menopause, and her HRT is still working wonders for her. She says, and I quote, and I'm never coming off it. And I spoke to Lou and Lizzie from episode 13. Lizzie's also still really happy on her HRT. She'd just gone on it when we spoke. It's helping her sleep better, and her aching bones have completely gone. Although she says she still has brain fog, but she's living with it. Lou has just had her HRT reviewed and has upped her oestrogen from a 50 patch to a 75 as she was still feeling really tired. For so many of us, it's an ongoing juggle to get the levels right. Chloe, from episode 4, has recently started on HRT. Having said it wasn't for her, she realised, and I quote, Due to my lack of movement and weight gain, I'd increased my chances of cancer by being overweight more than if I was taking HRT. My symptoms had become so unmanageable, I was losing my mind, and therefore losing at parenting, being a wife, my job and general life. Thanks to this pod, she went and saw Dr Katie and said her knowledge filled me with confidence and her empathy and understanding were right on the money. It's brilliant that Dr Katie was able to help her feel good about her choices, even with her family risk of breast cancer. Eleanor, from episode two, has had a harder time of it. She recently had a full hysterectomy to deal with fibroids, which developed after her marina coil was removed. She had some nasty complications after the surgery, but in her true fighter spirit, she's bounced back. She says thanks to some sensible advice from her surgeon to proactively up her oestrogen dose, her menopause symptoms haven't come back. Charlotte, also from episode two, has some amazing news. She says over the last six months, her confidence has grown again. Her anxiety has lessened. She's been able to start planning her life again and has retrained as a choir leader for the rock choir and is leading a choir a hundred voices strong. She says, I definitely couldn't have done this a year ago. I feel so much stronger in myself and my relationship with my husband is so much better. That just goes to show that there will be huge ups and downs we all have to deal with. But if we can get our menopause symptoms under control, then we can find the strength to deal with life's challenges. I've so loved talking to all the women I've had on the pod this year, and it never ceases to amaze me how you can ask the same questions about the same subject, but depending on the women discussing it, you get a totally different conversation. It's been fascinating to hear all their different journeys and just goes to show how unique each one of our experiences are. 
And I've learned so much from the wonderful Dr. Katie and amazing practitioners like Joe Darling and Karen Newby and Nikki Faldo. And of course, my fascinating orcas. I'll be back with season two in the new year. I'm going to be asking why do we have the menopause and what can we learn from the fact that orcas do too? I'll be taking a more holistic look at what we can do to help our symptoms. I'll be talking to medical herbalists and nutritionists about what supplements actually work, exploring the benefits of mindfulness, meditation, yoga and cognitive behavioural therapy, how alcohol affects us during our menopause, how our fluctuating hormones impact our brains and how we can combat the risk of dementia and looking at the cultural differences around menopause, whether how we perceive our menopause makes a difference to our experience of it. And of course, I'll be back chatting to the wonderful Dr Katie. I've only just scratched the surface of how our menopause affects our lives and what we can do to make this transition easier. I'm excited about what I'll discover next. I hope you are too. If you've got any questions or something you'd love me to discuss or you'd like to come on the pod to tell your story, then please email me at bemoreorcapod at gmail.com. See you in the new year. If you want to be more orca, head to bemoreorcapod.co.uk. For all the latest on what's coming up, I've cherry-picked articles to keep you informed so you don't have to sift through the news. And become a member... Tell me what matters to you and what questions you want answering. Help shape the pod and help other women just like you so we never have to feel like we're going it alone again. And if you've liked this episode, please subscribe as it helps with those pesky algorithms and lets others find us and become part of our pod. And follow me at b.more.orca for my no-filter menopause diary. Menopause.